You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavs. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com and draft combine phenom. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I do love the draft combine. I'm not going to lie. I would love to go to this. This is one of the This is one of the events that I would really love to go to. Like, I personally... I would love to go to the to the combine more than summer league. Wow, interesting. There was a ton of dudes there. Like we yeah. saw on the we we watched. I watched a decent amount of the combine today, and I saw like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson talking together. There was at one point uh, Sean Marks and Sean Pres er, and Sam Presti were talking together, and uh, Woj man Woj with the huge flex. That's the that's a giant networking meeting, a giant way to like get scoops and talk to people, and he's just like sitting at the desk the whole time, sitting yeah. at the ESPN desk. Like I don't need this. I don't need this. Get my own I got, scoops. I got them on speed dial. <laughs> so which is funny. I had to explain to some kids today what speed dial was. Oh really? Yeah, because I guess it's not really a thing now. Yeah, we have like on iPhone. You have like favorites. Like these are your yeah. I'm like, well, back in the day, there were phones that had, like, buttons, and, did, like, two would be, like, a number. Did you explain to them what uh, Top 8 was? Oh, they don't even know what MySpace is. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are going to be getting into the draft combine. There's a bunch of stuff, got a bunch of thoughts. Uh, there's just a lot of draft stuff going around, so we're going to do, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, talk about all that. Luka Doncic, there's some news out about him today. Uh, just some interesting stuff. So just all around, there's a lot of draft stuff that we're going to get to. So let's talk about the Combine. Isaac, give me uh, give me your first thoughts or takeaways from the Combine today. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I mean, I feel like and it, it, he's connected to Dallas the most and Mo Bamba, but I feel like Mo Bamba just – I mean, he stole the show. This we've been saying this, like on this podcast. If you are a regular listener on this podcast, we've been saying this for the past two to three weeks. Just wait until the measurements yep. and workouts and all this stuff comes from Mamba, and the height chain will really get going. And you see it. I mean, he was the talk of the combine and. The talk of Twitter today from, you know, NBA people and just everything with that. And so we knew about the wingspan. We knew a super, you know, seven foot nine. We've heard about it forever. Is it, does it matter? So we knew the wingspan. We thought it was seven foot nine. Today it comes in at a, at a clean seven ten. Does that change anything for you? It becomes from the longest wingspan they've recorded of a first round potential draft pick to still the longest, but an inch longer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, I think it just adds more intrigue to it. I mean, it's just insane. The seven foot ten inch wingspan. Clearly, you know, it's higher than Gobert's. Gobert's was seven foot eight, seven foot eight and a half, and he had the record. So, I mean, seven foot ten. I tweeted out almost. I think what's almost equally impressive today, and this is another record, another record of the longest in NBA history at the combine. A nine point seven five inch standing reach. 
that is a quarter of an inch away from the rim standing flat foot. <laughs> so, I mean, he can That's easily fine. tiptoe and dunk a golf ball, tennis ball. I mean, barely, barely, I mean, jump and dunk. I mean, what size shoe do you think he wears? If he's tiptoeing, that gives that might give him an extra foot. I mean, that might give him a basketball like over the Over the dunk rim. a basketball, tiptoeing. Yeah. Probably. If he's like, if he's wearing like a an 18 or a 22. <laughs> whatever whatever NBA franchise he goes to, when the first few times he's warming up before the game, people are going to love to you know tape him warming up, and he's just he's going to be because I remember the first time I was side by side with Rudy Gobert on the court yeah. before the game two years ago when we were on like when we could actually be on the court before the games salty and super salty but and I remember just like I was just amazed like I wasn't even like recording or anything I was just like how can you be that and then look at me yeah it was anthony davis for me that was the that was the big one yeah the first year and then joel Embiid at summer league that that is a moment i will never forget in my life just standing next to joel Embiid, looking up at him his shoulders are twice the width of my body <laughs> like <laughs> just so like his shoulders are so broad he's so tall like he he is a legit seven two he is not like seven foot <laughs> he's just a monster it's crazy and he's thick and his hair gives him another inch, so that's true. Um, with the with the Mobamba stuff, though, I wanted to bring this up with with some of the measurements. So coming in, people were, were worried about you know he's he's still lanky, like he's still really skinny, just doesn't have a lot of weight on him. Beginning of his season at Texas, he weighed in at like two fifteen, two sixteen, and now he's at two twenty five. That's what he weighed in at today. So either they measured him wrong by ten pounds, <laughs> he put wow. on the freshman fifteen. Or he's actually been working really hard and actually and actually built something up. Yeah. And uh, I've seen a couple people compare him to Nerlens, and I just wanted to bring up Nerlens' numbers, and then you can go ahead and, and, and talk about this. So Nerlens' okay. combine numbers, and I tweeted this out today. So Nerlens was six eleven, just just about seven foot. He had a seven foot four wingspan, and then he was two oh six. That's that's what he weighed at the Dang. combine. Whereas Bamba, he's just about seven one wingspan, seven ten, and he weighed two twenty five. So. For people that are saying, what's the difference between Bamba and Nerlens? There's not many. There's not many people that are saying that, but I have seen that. Like, oh, it's just another Nerlens. Why wouldn't this be another thing? He's already starting at a better spot <laughs> physically yeah. than Nerlens was. And that's a big thing still with Nerlens. Like, forget all the attitude, the hot dog stuff. Forget all that. The idea that Nerlens still needs to put on weight, that dude still has skinnier legs than I do. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's something still that, that, that needed to be addressed with him. And I'll build on that. And I just tweeted this out like 15 minutes ago. Draft Express tweeted out a physical comparison thing comparing Bamba to a couple guys. Do you know Hassan Whiteside in 2010? I do know him. Hassan Whiteside at the combine stuff was is seven foot, same height as Bamba, weighed 227 pounds. That's like, that's the, almost the exact same. <laughs> Exact same Abamba. Right now, I just I looked it up on Basketball Reference. Do you know how much Hassan Whiteside weighs right now? Ooh, two sixty-five. Uh, I was going to say two seventy. That would be my guess. Two sixty-five. I mean, okay, so that's my. And somebody already tweeted at me and said, "Oh, it took Whiteside like multiple years to stay in the league." Blah blah blah. I don't care what he did after that. It's the fact that a seven footer came into the league at two twenty-five, basically, and right now he's two sixty-five. Like it's 
Bamba will put on weight. And like you were saying, he gained 10 to 15 pounds at Texas this past summer or this past year. If he can do that at college, get him in an NBA weight room with NBA trainers, and that's all he's doing, like his professional job, he's going to put on the necessary weight. So Yeah, and we, we said that about Nerlens, but we didn't see the improvement in college from Nerlens at all. I don't like the Nerlens comparison. Like, Bamba can already shoot better than Nerlens. Okay? Exactly, so, like, exactly. That's... I don't like that comparison. He's much longer I, than Nerlens. I was he, only looking. I only. I've heard people mention it, and then I've. I'm only looking at it from a physical, like, I don't want to say like specimen, but just like the physical measurements, the like yeah. the anthropology of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just yeah. looking at where they are and saying like people saying like, oh, he's so skinny. And all this. Stuff. Everybody comes in skinny. I mean, Anthony wasn't Anthony Davis like two twenty. <laughs> He was six eleven, like two twenty something. I mean, he was super oh, yeah. skinny. They have that that graphic they show every year where it's like. Uh, Anthony Davis when he was a freshman and then when he was like a senior and then in college he keeps growing and eventually he's like you know massive like eight feet tall <laughs> yeah because you know Davis was a point guard going all through high school and then he hit this massive growth spurt and all that stuff but um but yeah so Bamba was he stole the day people knew that going in yeah he came in his hands were massive it's like over 10 inches wide almost 10 inches long like just insane all around jaron jackson had killed it also like his measurements was i mean in the top six across the board like all time he was i mean he, he was just a notch lower than bomba on a lot of those and i, I tweeted out some of those i mean he's six eleven, nine foot two stand in reach jeez you know he has you know this this kind of surprised me some not a ton but like i feel like a lot of people just go ahead and factor in that Jaron Jackson's so much stronger, bigger than Bamba. And I know 10 pounds is a lot when it comes to this, but it was just 10 pounds heavier. So. Yeah, that's not a lot. If it's 20, 25 pounds, I think that's a big deal. But it's, Yeah, so it's, it's just – I think people have in their heads that, oh, my gosh, Jackson's muscle and, like, all this stuff. I'm like, well, it's just 10 pounds. Like, okay, whatever. Um, Jackson's 7-foot, 5-inch wingspan. That's still super impressive. Yeah. Like – yeah, I mean, all across the board, Jackson was – he measured out great today. So, people love that. Um, so, both of those, I mean, I would say that they, you know, they were the – Bamba was – Bamba came in 12 pounds less than Rudy, Rudy Gobert also. Whatever you think – whatever you care about that when Gobert came in. I th- something else random that I tweeted out today. Less Isaac baguettes Haw- over here. Less baguettes. Isaac Haas – is two lives up tall. lives up to his name <laughs> <laughs> he's a hoss yes uh, he was just two inches taller than Bamba. he was seven foot two and he weighed 78 pounds more <laughs> yeah he weighed in like 300 something 303 Jeez. that was uh, it's just crazy when you see stuff like that and it's like three you know what's crazy you know obviously i'm not like the skinniest dude in the world but i look at Bamba and i'm like holy crap look how massive he is his wingspan and everything and I'm like, well, crap! I weigh more than Bamba, <laughs> and I'm six foot. You know? I do that about Nerlens all the time. Like that pisses me off. That that gives me extra motivation. By the way, Isaac Haas spells his name right. Yeah, he does. One That's S, another Isaac A's. for you. Let's go. <laughs> where is um, he gonna go? Where Where do you think he's going? Isaac Haas? Yeah. I is don't he think he gets go? drafted. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, I thought it was I, – I liked Eddie Sefko's tweets today um, because, you know, Eddie's there. 
Did y'all know Eddie was there? Um, <laughs> and, and I like that they, a lot of the top prospects are, you know, they talk to the media and stuff. And obviously, they're going to say, like, a lot of the other, like, you expect the things a lot of them say. Bamba was asked about playing with Dennis. Are you, are you going to talk about the Dennis quote? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get to the Dennis quote. I, this is a big topic I want to get to today, but let's do that uh, in just one second. Let's take a quick break. Okay. All right. So the the Dennis quote. I, I love this. I thought this was was so great, and it reminded me of back at the beginning of this past season, Nerlens, when Dennis called Nerlens his perfect big. And if you took the, the perfect big for Dennis and you made him just a little bit more perfecter, it would be Mo Bamba. <laughs> so th- th- here's the quote. Uh, for, this is from Eddie Sefko. He tweeted this out today. Uh, here's a snippet from UT's Muhammad Bamba, what he thinks of Dennis Smith Jr. Quote, he's really good, and I believe I'm the type of big he wants to play with, who screens and rolls and can finish high above the rim. Now, High above the rim. That, that's saying one thing, but what Mo Bamba can do is something yeah. completely different. That is the highest of highs above the rim. Yeah, I I love that he answered it in stride. I mean, you know it would be cool for him. Like, we just talked about last pod. Like, you know him and his agent know that Dallas would be a tremendous fit for him system-wise, player-wise, just everything. So... And I mean, if you're a big like Bamba, what better of a situation outside system and everything is to come in with an a, a super young athletic point guard also to be like your tandem yeah. guy that's going to get you the ball and grow with for the next decade, whatever it is. So, yeah, I really like that. I like. Do you have anything with Porter's comments? Yeah, I did want to talk about Porter, uh, but okay. going back to uh, to Bamba and Dennis, like. I just think that that tandem, just shoring that up for the next decade plus, would just be massive. Like we've talked a lot about wings, but if you can get a point guard and a big to mesh and to be a perfect combination, that's like that's massive. Like we haven't seen a Stockton Malone type for a long time, and I feel like it could be like something like that, where you just have that chemistry, you get that together. Like there's there's something about uh, like a big and a point guard. I mean, hey, well, it's it, like what I brought this up a long time ago. It would for me, it would be Chris Paul and Tyson Chandler in New Orleans. Yeah, like, but last I wrote, <laughs> I wrote about that some and like how massive that was th- that tandem. I mean, I know they had David West back then too, and David West, man, he was a baller back then. Yeah, he was and, but like that tandem of that young Tyson with Chris Paul, like that was scary, and they were super young, and that could be exactly what this is. I agree everything with you. Like I love Mikel Bridges, but I've I've beat over and over again. I would take Bomba over Mikel Bridges. Like I have Bomba at three on my big board behind Aiden and Doncic. I've had him at three above Bagley, above the others. Everything. Like I I'm all in on Bomba being here, and it would be awesome if you know Dallas did get Bomba. Man, but, that that draft with Tyson Chandler. Do you remember where he went? No, he was number two. Chicago. He was number two. He was uh, taken by the Clippers, traded to Chicago. That was the Kwame Brown draft. The oh next gosh. pick, the third pick was Pau Gasol. Then it was Eddie Curry. So you have let's go. And then uh, Desana Jop was was number eight. So you have you have five centers in the top eight picks. Yeah, that's crazy. That's wild. That's what that. It's going to be kind of like that again this year. 
that's the NBA back then for you. But, I, and and I'll say this: like I don't want to depress Mavs fans either because we're going to be happy a lot of times either way with this fifth pick. But it's just like I said the other day or last week before the lottery. Don't be surprised if after it's all said and done, not just a combine, but individual workouts too, that Bamba is in that conversation yeah. for the top pick in the draft, that he is challenging Aiton for that spot. One or two. And that's what I'm saying. Like Everybody's penciling in Bagley right now to Atlanta. And what I said immediately, what we were talking about immediately after the lottery the other night, you want Bagley to go three, okay? Because he's not going to go past Memphis. But for me, I know a lot of Jackson fans, but for me, the scary situation is if Bamba goes to Atlanta at three, Bagley at four. Those are my top four because then then that's the debate. And I would take Mikel Bridges at that point. You would take Jackson. A lot of people want Jackson and so forth. But, yeah, just don't be surprised. Like, I don't think that top three is locked in. And don't be surprised if Bamba cracks that before draft night. Another guy that could crack into that is uh, is Michael Porter Jr. And let's talk about him. But before we do that, Isaac, we have a Sonam uh, Shane that was sent in by our uh, our guy, Alan in the all, all, Alan in the post. Yeah. All and in I don't know I can't I can't remember. Just, the two L's throw me off I don't know why. This is from Tate Frazier from, uh, from the I love Ringer. Tate, man, he said he sent this trade to us, and then Sodom Shame is is uh, in memory of Sodom of Sodom Singh, and it's just any kind of really bad trade idea, free agency decision, any kind of just really embarrassing dumb thing. And so Tate Frazier tweeted, if the Mavs want to win now. After the tanking didn't go so well, which they have the top five pick. I don't know why you think it didn't go well. Like, it did. Mm. Here's another option. And he's a North Carolina fan. He works for the Ringer, and he, you know, is a Hornets fan. The Hornets get Harrison Barnes, Dwight Powell, and Dennis Smith Jr. And the Dallas Mavericks bringing home Dwight Howard and Kemba Walker. That's the dumbest trade. I think he's just being dumb because he wants Harrison Barnes. He's a Carolina, and he loves Dennis Smith Jr. because he's a North Carolina guy. That's a Tottenham shame, though. That is a Tottenham shame for sure. Good job, Alan, in the post. <laughs> Thanks for that. Even though it's frustrating. I got a ton um, of questions on Twitter today, so I want to try to get to some of them. But with with Michael Porter Jr., he had this this big quote today uh, that's making the rounds, and I'm not really surprised about it at all like just uh, yeah that's a comment he has to make yeah he says i know without a doubt that i'm the i played against all these guys they're all great players but i'm the best player in this draft and talking about if he could be the number one pick now this is exactly what he needs to say and yeah. somebody made the the comment to me today like michael borders says that he's the best player in the draft we should take him and i'm like <laughs> okay if the Mavs took every single player that said they were the number one player in the draft, they would have Dion Waiters, they would have Tim Hardaway Jr., they would have all these guys, like all these irrational yeah. confidence guys. Not saying that Michael Porter Jr. is going to be one of those guys, but this is just what guys, this is just what people say. Grace you know? and Allen, I mean, take him at five. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb. Oh, man. But what do you think about the, the Michael Porter Jr. stuff? I mean, you have to have some opinion beside. You can't just give me the cop out. Like I can't have an opinion until I know about his back. Yeah. Give me, give me something. Tell me what your thoughts are on him, uh, because I, I still think that we should go with one of those two centers instead of him, even if he's like healthy. 
Um, he's the one in that top four, like in those four guys of the Bomba Bridges, Jackson Porter. He's the one that can move up for me and and like move. Like I still have Bomba at three, probably. The thing with Porter is, yeah, at the beginning of the year he was one. It's this six ten wing. Um, just everything about that. He did lose like I think about ten pounds at his combine. You know, his combine weight is a little bit skinnier than what he was this past you know year and stuff and I mean this is what he has to say like he was number one number two going into the season for a reason with DeAndre Ayton so like everybody's doubting him he has the biggest question mark and everything so he's got to come out and be like hey I want to remind you all I was at one for a reason and he's going to do that he's going to downplay the back thing so I mean then you just get into the type of player he is is he you know is he a Rudy Gay and you know, is yeah, he that? That's is a good. A that's six, a good like bad comp. <laughs> is he a six ten? You know, scoring wing that really can't play make or like create for himself. One of his only hindrances back when he was healthy was his ball handling, his playmaking ability. You look at even in the two games that he came in, and he only played you know the tournament game and the one SEC tournament game, and he he literally shot like forty one total shots and had like one assist in two games. You know, like. He just came out gunning and whatever, you, if you want to use those against him or not. His talent is just incredible. It's just super hard. You, you know, It's just like you don't – I don't want to go back to that point. But it's just like it's super hard. We just haven't seen him – we haven't seen healthy Michael Porter since literally like the McDonald's All-American game. And like how much stock can you put into that? And so it's Do you, you think his ceiling is Durant? Um, No, no. I mean, it, well, Durant's just – I mean, Durant's a top twenty player of all time. I mean, it's just that that's super hard. I mean, I mean that that's kind of the that's kind of the the comp that you can go with. He's he's definitely thicker than Durant, so he's going to be able to post up a little bit better than than Durant can. Yeah, yeah, thicker. You know, it just a six ten wing is just. I think it has a lot to do with like where he's used and like what type of system you know and what kind of five you put next to him and. You know, some people's like, oh my gosh, he measured like 6'10". He has this like crazy reach. He could play the five. Like, oh my gosh, no, I don't want him at the five. Um, yeah, no, I'm not there. I want, I want to see him play defense against some of these athletes. I want to, you know, just different stuff like that. So. I feel like the big defensive stuff from him was just like chase down blocks. Like that's what we saw a lot yeah. of in those mixtapes and stuff. And that's what I feel like a lot of his defense was. But yeah, to see him actually like hunker down and really get in the stance. Uh, and so that, that question about uh, Porter – What's from our guy Andrew Cause uh, talking about you know if if Porter looks just as explosive and polished as he did in high school, who do you pick at five between Bamba, Porter, Bridges, and Jaron Jackson Jr.? So it sounds like it doesn't really change for either of us that much. It doesn't really change a lot. I think you're just looking at each one like what what each one of them has their own type of um, package. Bamba like Bamba is your best system fit guy that you know, fits the system, offense, and everything as your five. Porter is the home run. Porter is the, I'm going to be your Aaron Judge and get up to the plate and swing for the fences. It might really not work out, but if it does work out and if it does, everything clicks and every check check mark is checked, then you could have like this crazy score, like high upside, could have been the top pick in the draft. You know, Mikel Bridges is probably the safest pick that you know you can plug in and be be safe in any type of offense, any type of lineup against any type of team. You know, Jackson's kind of that way with a 
center set, but a little bit more of a mystery. So they each all have like their own like little storyline of what they could be. So I don't know. Porter could go anywhere. He could. It, it could be very interesting to see w- which teams. And we've already we've already seen the list of teams that are meeting with him. Uh, I don't Dallas to, met with him today. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas did meet with him. Teams like Houston and the Clippers met with him and stuff like that. Uh, I just found that very interesting, but I saw somebody point out, I can't remember who this was on Twitter or some national writer that uh, it's smart for them to start meeting with him now because eventually he's going to be a free agent <laughs> eventually yeah. like, th- like to get this groundwork in now, like it's pretty smart for them. I think it was actually Keith Smith. Uh, well, it's like what, what Cuban Cuban said this, you know, a few years ago of saying, Hey, we meet with a lot of these free agents in, in uh, when they hit free agency, but you never know what that could lay the foundation for yeah. if it a huge positive relationship and you just hit it off and have this impressive thing that a couple of years down the road, when you go to make a trade or free agency, whatever, you're like, man, like that we already kind of know that guy. Yeah. But, we got a couple more things we're going to get to today. Talking about Luca, talking about a couple more questions from listeners that I got today. So let's do that, Isaac, but let's take a real quick break before we do it. All right, let's bring it back with a, a Satnam Shame. Another listener sent in a Satnam Shame today. This is a guy, uh, Noah, Noah Checkmate. He sent this into both of us, hashtag Satnam Shame. This, this person said, this is not Noah, this is a person that he sent in. He screenshotted the tweet and sent it to us uh, from Dupo. Mo Bamba mm. is a three-year project with a ceiling of 15, 15 and 10. He's no different than Nerland's, except Nerland's was better. Hmm. Is that Tottenham shame worthy or no? Yeah, considering Nerland set out most of his freshman year because he tore his ACL. But, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> or a lot of his freshman year. And he didn't block um, nearly as, as much as, as Bamba did. No. I mean, I, I like Nerland's a lot, personally. But Oh, I do too. But I, I just think Bamba's starting at a better place yeah than, than i think he, i think he's like like think about start. that class that nerlands was apparently like the number one in the class and ended up slipping to six like that was yeah that was the anthony bennett like really weird draft yeah and if he didn't tear his acl he would have went one or two in that draft probably yeah um i got a bunch of questions from james oh yeah yeah good let's just do this one this is a quick one uh from james penna i, I tweeted about um, Mo Bamba and, and gaining weight. And he said, what would your guess be for a good weight on Bamba to start his career? I'm pleasantly shocked. He's already 225. Am I crazy to think he should set his sights on 240? I think no, to, that's good. I think to start his career, that's a little ambitious. Uh, just because we're, we're pretty, I mean, all oh, to start like opening night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, no, I would say shoot like 230, 235. Something yeah. Like that. 232 <laughs> 233 something like that. So if he just that he he just needs to keep building on that on on it. You know, the idea that he's he's never just like satisfied with with one spot. And then the trainers are going to come in and maybe he comes in and the trainers are like you're good at the weight you're at, man. Like the because the, that, the league the is going talk- faster, the league is is needing guys to be quicker. Like maybe that's maybe that's what the trainers look at him and say. Because that's what we've talked about some too of does the wingspan make up for the weight? And I think it does. Like a seven ten wingspan. What are we talking about that his weight and strength is the most like like what is the muscle used for the most? Blocking out, rebounding, um, getting through like a pick or something to, you know, contest a shot or something like that. Well, you know what helps rebounding? A seven ten wingspan. Yeah. Just being able <laughs> you know, to like, stand and reach up really high. 
Yeah, so like that extra five to six inches on a wingspan, I think it, I, in my opinion, I think it makes up for a 10 pound weight difference. Something like that. You know, like it's yeah. just. It, the idea the, of the wingspan, and everybody's obsessed with wingspan, and that's such a huge thing you'll hear all through the lottery and the, you know, and the, the combine and the draft and all that stuff. And the reason why is wingspan is just so forgiving. You know, like there's just so much that you can do where you can clog up more lanes, you can fill more spaces. Like, like look at all those, the, the Bucks guys, like all the Bucks guys put their, all their arms out. And that just creates a crazy, like crazy passing lanes that you just can't really get through and create turnovers. And it's just, it's very forgiving. You don't need to be as fast. You don't need to be as quick. You don't need to be like Isaac said, as big as, you know, as menacing. If you have that wingspan and especially with the verticality rule, like I think the verticality rule is yeah, it's kind of like a cheat code now for uh, for Bamba. If he can just drill that, and I'm sure Carlisle like, gonna drill that. And we're talking like he's already on the team, but if uh-huh. he gets tra- he gets drafted by the Mavs, and uh, Carlisle just drill into him that verticality rule. He just sticks those arms straight up in the air, and that's. I mean, you can't do anything about that if you're an offensive player. Besides, go around him or try to. Yeah, I mean like that's a, the only a thing. Floater like as high as you ever done it. You beat him to the jump. All right, so give me some of your notes. Um, I mean, for me, day one, which I haven't taped, I watched some of it, uh, had to go to work. So I'm on, tomorrow, on Friday, I'm off. So if somebody wants to tweet at me draft questions, I'm off work. I'm going to oh, watch yeah. a lot of combine stuff. And, but, by, and Monday, by the way, we're going to do a, a lottery mock draft. We're going to relook at it, yes. all the all the combine stuff that we've looked at, all that, all this kind of stuff. We'll go through the whole lottery. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, he stole the day as far as like, I mean – from scrimmages 42 inch vertical that's pretty good 42 inch vertical man in my hot take if it's hot takeish i tweet it out i think he gets picked before jalen brunson oh i think he passes him up i i think wow. somebody in the 20s will take will take and he is he will be a combo guard he can jump out of the gym he came out in the scrimmages and just like i mean had the confidence straight from the like title game just launching threes like he plays super smart. I'm all about him, man. Like, I would love he, I would love for him to be a Dallas target at 33, but I don't. I think he definitely stays in, and I think he goes in the 20s. Um, Kevin Knox. I think people will be surprised how high Kevin Knox goes. He was back at the beginning of the year. He was projected in that like seven to like 12 range in a lot of mocks, and now he's like fallen some. And I'm just saying, don't be surprised if he goes, if he climbs back into that 9 to 13 range in mock drafts. He has the, almost the exact same measurements as Jason Tatum. And, you know, he's obviously not Tatum, but he has, for a 6'9 guy that looks the way he does, he has a less than 5% body fat. And that was pretty impressive to me. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard different things about his, like, shooting stroke and just how fluid he is, like, with the ball that, I mean, and like we've talked about before, you can never have enough 6'7 to 6'9 guys. So Yeah, he, I, he definitely I, fits the mold of what the NBA wants to be right now. He does. And on body fat stuff, again, Jonte Porter came in at almost 14% body fat. That was a, a pretty high pretty high number. I seen you know ESPN updated their latest mock draft. They had him in the second round at like thirty two. Wow! Didn't the, the Ringer had him at like fourteen or Charks like, has him like in the top ten. Man, so uh, so yeah, they uh, he's a project though for sure. I mean, he's he's a project. He's a little bit slower. He's kind of got like a Jokic type body. He's a little bit older than than Jaron Jackson, right? Like just 
I can't he, remember. I think he might even be younger than him. Um, Trey Young, man. I mean, we we know it, we know it, but his measurements, oof, they're worrisome. I mean, if you did care you about okay? So did you see Jalen or uh, uh, Trey Young and Colin Sexton standing next to each other at the lottery? Yeah, but on the measurements, Sexton's taller. It looked like the. I mean, that was the ultimate. You know, he's in the foreground, so he's taller. He's in the background, yeah. so he's shorter. It was like such like an optical illusion. You know, on comparing the combine measurements to Berea on Sports Re- Basketball Reference, Berea is like the same height and or like yeah, like a half inch shorter than Trey Young and like ten pounds heavier. And yeah, but we just, know we know that JJ Berea is not six foot. Yeah, I mean he's like five ten. The but, thing, with, the thing with Trey Young though, I was watching and uh, they did that. Did you see the uh, the Jay Williams? Uh, whole no. thing about he did this whole segment where he's like analyzing a couple of the guys traits and he's like Trey Young he can do all these things look at all these guys and he named all these dudes he's like Steph Curry James Harden no. Damian no. Lillard all the stuff I'm like he is Stop. several inches shorter than all of those guys he's gonna have a hard time getting his shot up above you know guys with like like longer wings that are gonna be out there defending him he's DJ Augustine no, that oh. that's really low. But uh, I'm not that low on him. I just don't think anyway. Um, he went on to be like Kevin Durant, LeBron James. What do all these stop. players have in common? <laughs> they can make plays. Oh, he's like Jamal Crawford. Like, what do all these players have in common? They can make the play from the three. They can create their own shot from behind the three-point line. And so can Trey Young. From what kind four- of segment was it? And he was like, it was like this weird, he was like on a green screen with like just this uh, mm. court look behind him. He was like, and Trey Young can spot up from 40 feet. I'm like, do you know how far 40 feet is? <laughs> Dang. 40 feet is like really far. Um, anyway, continue. I'm done. A couple wings that really stood out. Um, Grayson Allen's numbers today actually were, were pretty good. Impressive. Yeah. A 42-inch vertical or 41-and-a-half-inch vertical white boy. Um, just, I don't know. You know, he, he measures out really well. He's a big wing. I, I I think he's a first round pick. I mean, you know, he's a Duke. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't stand him in college and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I think somebody will take him towards the end of the first round. I think the basketball gods are just going to send him right to Dallas at thirty three, and you're just going to have to deal with it for the rest Stop. of the rest don't of your life. That. Uh, Melvin Frazier kept showing up everywhere. He's he was the next guy. I was the guy from two lanes, six five. He had a seven foot wingspan. Yeah. Uh, here are the guy, here are the guards of wings with the biggest wingspan. Uh, Keita Bates Diop, he's a six eight wing with a seven three wingspan. Melvin Frazier has seven one wingspan. Shake Milton, he's six five guard, seven foot wingspan. And then uh Josh Okaji, he has a he's six four with a seven foot wingspan. He was showing yeah. up all over the place too. All over the place. I will say this about Shake Milton, the SMU guy. He is he has the longest wingspan for any point guard coming into the combine in history. Seven foot wingspan as a as a point guard listed as a point guard. So we're hoping he's like the the Frank Nilakina sort of this draft. I'm I'm all about him. I like him. Uh, I got another. I got. I'm gonna talk about something in just a second that is going up my board again, and I already Ooh. love him. Um, yeah, Josh Okoji, Melvin Frazier, love Frazier. People have been putting Frazier in that dropping category. He's gonna go right back in the first round. He's a first round pick. People like we're loving. I mean, people love this is what we hype. We can't hype up enough. That is, this is the trend now in the NBA. These wings and Frazier's defense. He played really well in the scrimmages today. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about him. Um, I saw a couple, a couple of things on. So 
ESPN Draft Express released their like notes from today. And Can we just RIP Draft Express? It's done. Stop. No, I know it's, it's really, done. Really well, I'm, I'm just so ang- I'm just so angry about it because they they took a really great thing and they just bought it out and just they're putting these guys on TV all the time and they're just taking them out of like what they actually really do and it's just it's kind I like of like them on TV but yeah I miss the content they're okay on TV like every once in a while but just like putting them on the draft the entire time breaking down film like in front of Obama that was awkward. <laughs> Now he's like breaking down this. Look at look at what you did here, and then look at what Rudy Gobert did, and you guys did the exact same play. Watch this, and here you go, blah blah. Like they're really good at that, but they should be doing that with the videos that they used to do. Like that that would be so yeah. huge for ESPN. Yeah, you could do I a agree. show with those guys just doing that. Oh, and I'd watch I, it all the time. Okay, hire me, guys. Hire um, me. but they had some notes on Wendell Carter Jr.'s measurements and stuff like that, and they said, and this is a comparison that I actually love, and I hadn't thought of. They they say he compares favorably to Nene, not that one, but Derek Favors. Yeah, and that, that exact same measurements, like a seven four wingspan, yeah. six ten. I was like, man, that's actually really true. That that that's what that's a lot of who I, I picture. Not Al Horford. Stop it with that comparison. He's people. better than he's going to be better than Al. It's not Al Horford. He's more <laughs> Derek Favors than Al Horford. Um, <clears throat> but no, Jay Miles Billis Bridges. Loves him. Of course, he's a douche. Um, <laughs> Miles Bridges, man, like <laughs> I'm, I love him. He's gonna be good, but it, it, you just see his measurements, and it just makes you worry again. Six six, I was like, oh, six six, a six nine wingspan. It's just, it's, it, I don't know, man. It's, it's just a little difficult for his size. Came in, you know, he's two thirty. He lost some weight, some still, you know, still built, still muscular, whatever. But it's, I don't know. Just six he's, six six nine. That's it's rough. a little Denzel Valentiny for me. Yeah, he's go, he and, and he's gonna and be the guy. What emphasis say, on the like, tiny. <laughs> when we see him like in person, you're gonna be like, man, I thought he was much bigger than yeah. that. Um. So yeah, that's that's just a little worrisome for me. Going back to the Shake Milton stuff, and I was saying the point guard I really love, man, Shea Gilgus Alexander. Yeah, he's gonna be a top ten pick for me in my latest mock draft. Wow, I think he's gonna creep in there. I've said I, I put this in a tweet last week. I think he's going to be the best guard of this draft. I think he'll be better than Trey Young. I think he'll be better than Colin Sexton. He had a six foot eleven wingspan, he which is the third longest ever by a point guard. He came in with a body fat percentage of three percent. That is the <laughs> record of like of all combines, like the lowest body fat percentage. He is the Sean Livingston. Who'd you say? Nanilakina. He is that mold, and I'm all in on Gilgus Alexander. He, he will. I, Michael Carter Jr. or Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, Michael Carter. Williams. Like he he fits that mold, and yeah, I have him. I mean, just for Monday preview to Monday, I have Cleveland taking him at eight. <laughs> I try to call him Michael Carter Jr. There's so many juniors on this draft. Michael Carter Jr. There's so many of them. Uh, Michael the last, Carter Williams Jr. the third. Last one. Last thing I want to mention real quick. The I can, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. It starts with a uh, his last name starts with an M, but they, he goes by Sfi, the white dude shooter from Kansas. People I've seen some Mavs people throw it out today. I'm like, oh my gosh, would would Dallas would he be a second round pick? He's considered the best shooter of the draft. He had 20 points today in the scrimmage. Dang. He hit, he hit six threes in the scrimmage today, and you know. 
He did shoot the ball 17 times, but Dang. um, but his name is like Shvi Slavslav Mikolakvab or whatever. It's it's a super long name, but he goes by Shvi, and he's just like this. Yeah, he's a shooting guard, small forward type. You know, I don't want to throw like Kyle Korver out there, but just picture a just a sharp shooting white dude, and so yeah, I'm I'm not. I answered. I say this because I saw Mavs fans saying, "Could he be a target at 33?" No, I don't. I don't want him at 33. You don't want him because of just the position he plays, or because he? I just want somebody more versatile defensively, and you know, I would love to. You know, take uh, I would rather swing with somebody like the Josh Okoji, the Melvin Frazier's if they're there, you know, stuff like Isaac Bonga. You know, I love Isaac Bonga, but you know, he wasn't there at the combine, stuff like that. But yeah, so but, but Isaac, the Mavs need people that can score, yeah. But all right, okay. last last thing I want to get to today this is from uh, our guy Lewis Fur. Fur, he <laughs> Lewis Fur. He sent. Uh, he tweeted me an article from the Score talking about Luka Doncic and saying that him and his camp have not made the decision yet to move to the NBA. Now he has declared for the draft, so he can be drafted. Uh, he but, could still pull out, but, but anyway. he, he he could at this point, yeah. But he yeah. could be he could still be drafted and then stay overseas, which is what we've seen a bunch of people do. Most recently, um, uh, Dario Saric stayed over for a year. We've yeah. seen. And nobody like within the last couple of years, I feel like like nobody notable anyway. Yeah, because most of them, if they go, if they're gonna go that high, they it's with the guarantee they're gonna come over. Yeah. So his question is: maybe he doesn't. Maybe Luka Doncic doesn't want to go to Suns, Kings, or any top pick. Could Luka I mean, Doncic Simmons, make a move to the Mavs? I mean, Bill Simmons tweeted this out today. It's been the running joke on Twitter today of, hey, you know, when you find out Sacramento is the second pick, this is this is your statement that you make. Um, and but Atlanta's not that much better either. It's not much better, yeah. It, we just don't know what Luka wants. Does he, does he want a well-run organization? I know what he wants. He wants barbecue. He wants real barbecue. And not, real barbecue. Not, not this crap from Memphis. Memphis ran their coach out of town. He wants some real coach loving barbecue. I also saw like would he say okay, I also saw this today and this made me think, would he say this if he knew he was a lock to go to Phoenix? And I'm Ooh. I'm not for sure. That's a, that's, that's a good that, one. That, that that's intriguing. Like I saw it today and I was like, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he would say that, you know? And so if he is looking at it, so yeah, everybody right now is like can he force his way to Dallas, all this stuff. I think it would take Dallas moving up to 2. Yeah. Instead of him dropping to five, somebody would take a chance on if he wants to win soon, it would be Memphis. So he would go to Memphis because he would probably make the playoffs next year. If it's about like being the star of being the face of everything, that would be Atlanta, you know, but if he wants a system coach, like, I don't know if Dallas was at two, would this be going on? I think he would be thrilled to come to Dallas, not just because it's Mavs, but just system, also, Carlisle, we know that. His co the coach of Phoenix coached him and has a son named Luca. Do we know if he liked the coach? Dude, maybe maybe naming his son after him was a little much and he was like, Man, dude, need some space. Like give me some air to breathe here, man. No, I think he likes him. He tweeted out about him when he got the job and everything. Hey, just saving face. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, it's just it's something to watch. Nick, you know, Nick and I were both were like, Hey, you know, it's just something probably he you know, he has to say. He's all about winning right now. The Euroleague Final Four is here. And I, I can say, 
I can report or whatever, not really report, but Donnie and them will be in attendance this weekend. I know for I know for a fact that they will be there this weekend. They're at the combine today and they will be at the EuroLeague um this weekend in Belgrade, I think. Uh so they're still going. If that matters to any Mavs fans that are like, hey, would they still go over there even though they know Luca's not going to be there for them at five? They're still going, and Luca's the obvious target to watch. I'm sure there's some other guys to keep in tabs on or whatever it is. But, um, but yeah, still going. You never know. It Did this give you any more um, intrigue that Luca to Dallas is dead yeah, I think it gives you a little bit. Like, I think it open cracks open the door for any type of belief that, hey, if that's the scenario, and just reading tea leaves and just totally hypothetically speculating, if if their camp really does tell Sacramento, hey, if you pick us, we're gonna stay over here, sign a long term contract with Real Madrid, it might entice Sacramento to say, okay, well, who do you want to go to? And if they are, if they do say, well, we want to go to somewhere, we want to go to Dallas, we want to go to, you know, Atlanta or whoever, or I mean, like Memphis, we want to go to Memphis or something to where Sacramento says, okay, well, you know what, let's try to move back a few spots and get an asset or something and see if, you know, they'll move up and give up something for it. You just never know. We don't know at this point. We know everything. We're just not telling you yet. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Those are all of our combine thoughts. Well, most of them. <laughs> for day one. We'll have another day on Friday that I'm sure we'll have some notes that we can talk about on Monday, too. I'm excited. There's a bunch of stuff. And then Monday we're doing our uh, we'll do a mock draft through the lottery, all that kind of stuff. We'll try to change it up, too. I'll try to throw in some, some, some change-ups in there. Yeah, I got a couple here and there. It's just, you know, yeah, we'll have fun with it. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Boom. Have a great weekend.